What are the answers to some of life's most important questions? Actually, you can't avoid answering these questions because you already do. It happens simply by how you have chosen to structure your priorities, spend your money, and use your time. Tune in as we interview pastors and leaders throughout the valley discussing the must-answer questions on The Form Show. Welcome to The Form Show. Mark Lucas here, Faith Talk 1360. I cannot wait to have this conversation today. No matter where you are right now, thank you so much for being with us on this journey. Being able to navigate life together, it means the world to me that we have these moments together on the Forum Show to be able to have conversations that matter most. That's why we do the show. It's all about the conversations that matter most. Today, the conversation is going to be centered around how do we experience more and more of this godlier living that Jesus wants for us? He commands us, he encourages us all throughout scriptures to be holy as he is holy, to be set apart, to truly experience a life where you and myself, where people see something different in us. And that difference is being set apart. That difference is they see the character and the heart of Jesus within us. So my guest today is so excited to have this conversation He definitely is the tallest guest we've ever had on the form show. He is seven foot two. Torsten is with us today. He's from Germany. He's going to share a little bit about his background and his story. And then we're going to jump into a conversation, like I said, around practically experiencing this godly life and how he's done that, how we can do that collectively together. So Torsten, thanks so much for being my guest today. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Why don't you share with the beautiful listening audience a little bit about yourself? I just mentioned in the open that you're from Berlin, Germany. But share a little bit about your story, a little bit about yourself for the next few minutes, okay? Sure. So you can probably hear that my accent, but I I am from Germany, Berlin, Germany, born in 1965. And... um, that's significant because 1961, there was a war that went around West Berlin. And uh, I was inside that wall, but I was on the free side. So I, was, I grew up in the, on the American sector, basically. And, yeah, I grew up in, in, in Berlin. So many Germans, I would, I would say, uh, believed in God. But it wasn't really like an intimate relationship, so that's that's what I noticed. So I, I prayed every night, and and but we didn't really do anything. We didn't grow in God. And whenever we went to church, it was, we honest, really boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I didn't really grow in God anyway. But as you mentioned, um, I grew up pretty tall. So, so when I was, um, people always ask me, so how tall when you were you when you were this age? Or, the only thing that I remember, well, I was born 23 inches tall, so it's pretty tall. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was 14, I was six foot seven. At 14, and, yeah, so, that's taller so, than I am now, and I'm definitely uh, beyond the age of 14. So keep going. That's definitely tall. <laughs> <laughs> and and I weighed less than 100, 130 pounds. Which wow. was so you're a string I bean. Yeah. Oh, very. 
very extremely. So, yeah. so I had, um, and, I, and at age 14, I developed lower back pain. I thought, oh. So my parents sent me to a medical doctor. A medical doctor sent me to physical therapy. And, and I hated uh, those exercises. Actually, I'm a chiropractor now. So I know those exercises are really good. But back then, I just hated them. And the lady who tortured me said, hey, you know what? You either have to get a few more sessions in or you have to pick a sport. And I remember standing in her office and she said, so what kind of sport do you like? <laughs> she said, you like soccer? I'm like, nah, no. Handball? No. Volleyball? I said, maybe. She said, what about basketball? <laughs> and I said, basketball could work. Me being six foot seven. <laughs> so, you would think. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, the, t- the Captain <laughs> Obvious statement. Uh, I think basketball. You're six seven at fourteen, right? Yeah. Keep <laughs> yeah. going. Well, you know, now um, basketball really wasn't very popular in Germany, so okay. it wasn't like like here would be obvious. Right? Right. I mean, I'm sure other people would have talked to me at six foot six already and said, "Hey, why don't you try out for a team?" But back then, it was more like, eh, you know, it's not a big deal." So I, I, I walk into a gym, and like in Germany, most of the sport is done in, in club teams. It's not in school. So you, you walk into a club team. I happen to walk into the best team in the state. I had no idea. Wow. The coach comes up and says, whoa, how tall are you? I'm like, six, seven. He's like, well, can you play? And I said, actually, I can't. I'm super skinny, and I'm not coordinated, and I'm really not good at anything. And he pointed out two guys on the t- on the team. They said, "Hey, I got two guys who are six foot seven. Also, one of them is super quick. The other one is super strong. Are you better than them?" And I said, "No." <laughs> he said, "I don't really need you." <laughs> so he sent me to the second team. And yeah, I I, I met a, a young man there who who motivated me. And this is this is actually one of my first lessons that I like to share. Yeah. So here I'm in a team that this is basically the team of rejects. Um, the coach doesn't really pay attention. So there's really nothing happening. You just for once once a week you ran around and threw the ball, but there was no instruction like zero. And this one guy, a young guy, um, Timmy, he loved basketball, but he was just really really short, so he couldn't make the first team. And then he came up to me and he said, "Hey, I watched some NBA basketball last night." And I've never heard of that before, because it, it didn't exist here. But his parents had a box that I could, could decipher the American um, was the American Forces Network television. Mm. So he was able to watch NBA. He told me about it. And the guy motivated me. So here I was at 14, and somebody believed in me and told me all these cool things. He made all these cool predictions. And it was such a eye-opening experience. The guy said, you know, you're going to play basketball in America. I know it. And you're going to play professional. And people are going to pay money to see you. And I thought, really? This, I like this guy. That sounded great. So, so often, my first lesson is sometimes we give encouragement to people, and you have no idea what that leads to. It's a, to right. me, a great lesson. Now I wish I would know, you know, I could, I could say thanks to him. It, it's really a great lesson. And I just want to say one thing. I totally agree. I think as we hear the journey and we hear your story, I think one of the key lessons that I wrote down in really, if we say the word steps, steps to really experience this godlier living, I think one of them is really surround yourself with people that truly do motivate you. They truly do push you and encourage you 
to be who God wants you to be, to ask you the questions like, did you spend time with God today? Did you truly have a good moment throughout the day of prayer? And like, these are the people that God wants us to be surrounded by that will motivate us to be more Christ-like, motivate us to really experience what God wants us to experience in this Christian life. So, yeah, keep going. But, I mean, Timmy was that for you in basketball, and I think that carried over probably throughout your entire life and realizing the importance of being surrounded by people and having a group of people that do motivate you to push you to be great, to push you to be godly, to push you— to do great things for God. So keep going. But that, I think, is an important lesson for all of us to take note of and ask ourselves, when I look at that group around me that has the greatest influence in my life, do they motivate me? And there should be somebody in your life. In the Bible, his name was Barnabas. Barnabas was an encourager, and he encouraged all throughout the Bible, the disciples, and he encouraged them And we need an encourager. We need to have a Barnabas. We need to have somebody that's motivating us and encouraging us to be all that God wants us to be. So keep going, but I love that. Yeah, that's a a good point. That sometimes, you know, you might say, well, I'm so busy. You know, I have to go to work. I don't have this and this. But and and now, for me, like I said, I'm a chiropractor. I do have a lot of, most of my patients are Christians. So I surround myself with nice people in there sometimes bring in a Bible verse also. But um, even if you don't have that, I mean, anybody who has a, uh, a smartphone, you know, I, I read the Bible app every day. And there's plans that you can read with other people. And that's, that, to me, is encouraging. Just just that I wake up in the morning, I, I read my Bible plan, and I see the comments that my Bible friends have made already. So there's my encouragement just like that through social media, basically. Yeah, that's so well said. And I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, Torsten, we know that God doesn't want us to do life alone. He's never created us to be isolated by ourselves. We know that we are better together. Two are always better than one, as Ecclesiastes will tell us. And it walks through why two are better than one. It talks about when one falls down, the other one is there to pick the other person up. And it talks about really this encouragement that comes from doing life in a community of people. When you wake up and you get to the Bible app and you see those comments and you see those highlighted notes that are already a deep encouragement for you to be like, you know what, this is what I should be needing in this moment to fill my heart to know that my friends have already been in this passage, studied these passages, and that just motivates me to get up and get after spending time with God. So I absolutely love that. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, then the next the next step is I actually improved in basketball. Yes, I did make the first team after a few months. I Congrats. kept going. <laughs> yes. The coach saw me. He's like, weren't you 6'7 recently? I said, yeah, that's a few months ago. Now I'm 6'9". And I put on some muscle, too. He said, huh, well, let's give it a try. And then, yes, I made the team. And, and I made a few other teams after that. And uh, Congrats. I, I, guess, uh, I guess the next turning point, and this is a cool story because I, I love that story. So now I'm born 65. So the, the, as a teenager, the most technological thing you could have is a Walkman. Do you remember those things? I do. 
know. Back to the Future oh. had a beautiful Walkman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I do. I actually, I'm I'm old enough to understand a Walkman. Yes, but yeah, okay. keep going. Well, so, my my parents had a stereo, and I didn't have enough money to have a stereo. So I used my dad's stereo. I played my loud music on the stereo, and he he told me to turn it down. And so one day I found out that there's a thing called a Walkman. And I made my case. I, said, I asked my dad, can I buy this Walkman? And I had a really good case made up, and I expected him to say no, but he said yes. And the next thing I did is I stuck my hand out, and I said, okay, I need, I don't know what it was, 60 bucks. And he said, well, I allowed you to buy the Walkman. I'm not buying it for you. And <laughs> I, I tried to argue. And you know, the, the funny thing is, when you know you're on a losing end of a, conversa- of a conversation or argument, and you just don't want to get admitted. Right. And I had all these arguments, but Dad, you have money, and I don't. And my dad said, well, I have a job, and you don't. I'm thinking, oh, he's <laughs> I mean, he Good correct. point, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't see it like that. I thought, yeah, well, of course not. Yeah, you know, of course not. And I said, well, can I get a job? He said, well, no, you have two jobs. Your job is to do school, and since you picked basketball, I want you to be good at that, because there's something good could come from it. He said, so those are the two things you're allowed to do. Am I going to get paid for good grades? I asked him, and he said, sure you will, Um, but not by me. You get paid by someone else in the future. And I didn't want to get paid in the future. I wanted to get paid now so I can have my Walkman. Exactly. (laughs) So it drove me crazy. Now, that was a way to make money with basketball. Now, this is not called professionalism. It's basically if you make a certain team, like if you make the all-star team at the the state, the government gives you a certain amount of money so you can travel there. You can buy one pair of sneakers from it and you can get some bus fares. And my dad said, if you make that team, that's all your money. And that's, I worked extremely hard to make that team. And I got my Walkman. But I realized that, you know, um, I guess certain things in life, if you work for them hard, you can get them. And I think that was my turning point because I started playing better. I started playing harder, and that's what allowed me to come over here and play college basketball, etc. That's a great story. And I think at the end of the day, I think the life lesson that I'm hearing is when we, when we look at our life, and then we also look at our life from the understanding of spiritual maturity and spiritual growth. Paul in 1 Corinthians 9.27 talks about this. He says this, and I love this verse, and it so beautifully ties into the story you just shared about the Walkman. It says this, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself be disqualified. And it's this discipline to continually, day in and day out, to discipline and train ourselves to build habits where we continually are pursuing God, pursuing spending time with God, training ourselves up in that. The most important training that we can really implement in our life, yes, physical maturity and fitness matters, but spiritual maturity and really growing in our knowledge and understanding of God by being with him in his word, in prayer, in worship, that is the goal of life. When we look at the goal of life, it's the knowledge of God and cultivating a knowledge of God, growing in the knowledge of God, 
And that's what life is about. We make life so complicated, but at the end of the day, it's, Lord, will you help me become more disciplined and more trained in that discipline to pursue godliness, to pursue righteousness, to pursue you, Lord. So I love that lesson from the Walkman story (laughs) that obviously has carried into who you are in your faith, who you are as a man of God, how you run your business and your practice as a chiropractor, in your marriage. It ties into everything, but I love that life lesson, and it so beautifully (laughs) fits that passage in 1 Corinthians 9.27. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Well, basically, I made those teams— then I was able to play college basketball. I went to New. I played college basketball in New Jersey in the 1980s at Fairleigh Dickinson University. That was my school. Nice. And I fell in love with the country. Now, in New, New Jersey, it's not necessarily the nicest state. I just, I just love the country. I said, man, I love the people. This is awesome. I want to live here. So when I came back to Germany, the, uh, I played for a few professional teams, and I traveled Europe, and that was a nice experience. But my goal was to come back here and live here. And then I met my future wife, Claudia, and uh, she was not a believer at that time. And I was aware of that, and I thought, oh, well, she might become a believer. And, and this, is a, this is a cool story, and I like this one a lot. I like to bring it up. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I lived in Germany, and then I moved back here with Claudia, and I went to school in South Carolina for my chiropractic degree. And most of my, my friends were Christians, and one of them brought up that he said, hey, so your wife is not a believer? And I said, I know she's not. He said, man, I gotta buy her a book. And he bought her the book, um, I think it's called by Lee Strobel, The um, Case for Christ. Correct. And, and Claudia was very open to it. And she said, oh, oh yeah, I mean, if, if, it, if this helps me to believe, I'll definitely read the book. So I give her a book, and I'm all excited, and I said, and, and? And she said, yeah, it didn't really say anything to me. I thought, oh, <laughs> it's a downer. Funny enough, years later, after she got saved, she read, reread the same book. And she said, this book is amazing. It, it gave me so much. <laughs> so it truly shows you that people, it, you become a totally new person once you get saved. Yeah. I think that, what a beautiful story. And I, I love that story. You shared that with me a few weeks ago, and I love the yes. story of how you met Claudia, your wife, and really sharing a book, Lee Strobel's Case for Christ, that really God used for her to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. I, I think one of the things that we shouldn't miss here, and you're not missing here, but I just want to make sure that myself, because sometimes I need to hear things out loud more than once, and also the beautiful listening audience of Faith Talk, we've got to understand the importance of this is that a step for us to experience godly living, we have to be intentional with how we share Jesus. We've got to really pray for opportunities. And this is scary. I'm the first one to admit it. It's scary. It takes a whole lot of faith. we got to get through some of our fears. But at the end of the day, it's so important that we continually are praying for the right opportunities to share Jesus through a relationship, but to share Jesus with the people that God's put into our life. We need to have people in our life that are not a part of the church, that are not believers. And we need to continually say, God, for me to grow, for me to experience this godly life that you want for me, I've got to go out and be light. 
I've got to go out and be salt. I've got to figure out through these beautiful relationships with people that I love and I care for so deeply, Lord, help me. Help me, please. Be prepared, as Peter would say, to give an account for the hope that I have inside of me. Help me find the words. Help me find the moments to tell people about the hope, the hope of Jesus that we have inside of us as followers of Christ. So I love that. That's a very important step, I believe, to experience this godly life that he wants for us. Love that story. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, of course. That's how you met your wife, so what's not to love about that story, right? <laughs> my wife and boss yeah. in my office. There <laughs> you go, for sure. Yeah. You know, you know, it's crazy. I mean, I'm, when I tell people, I, I said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to work. I'm working for the the lady up front. She's my boss." <laughs> and now most people, they're like, "Oh, that's your wife, right?" And and what's funny, some people go, "Really? That's your wife? You are not the boss?" I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> sorry." <laughs> it's, 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 we we need we all need guidance. <laughs> you know? So, no, that is so well said. And I know you even mentioned this. I think this is a really kind of just fun piece of who you are. And I think it's important for us to say this now. Uh, you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. You said you love humor, and you believe yes. that God has a great sense of humor. Elaborate on yes. that a little bit more in the time that we have left, because I think you're right. Right now, we need to laugh. We True. need to laugh every day really hard out loud. So, yeah, go ahead on that. And, and there's a, it's not a proverb. It's just a, they say it never hurts while you're laughing. I believe that. But, um, yes, I'm looking for humor. I want to go home at night and say, you know what, I did this and this and this, but, man, we had some laughs, too, and I just connected with people. Um, uh, this is years ago, and I, I, um, I thought, you know, does God have a sense of humor? And I really had no idea. I'm thinking, well, you know, you know, it's hard to picture God. And does he have a sense of humor? And I thought, well, since we have a sense of humor, he probably does, too. And then I happened to read, at that time, I happened to study Exodus. And it turns out those ten plagues that he brought upon the, uh, the Egyptians, they were all basically to, to, battle, um, to battle Egyptian gods. Mm-hmm. So th- I, I thought to myself, here you are, you're a Hebrew slave in, in Egypt, and your, your earthly masters praying to the sun god Ra. <laughs> and, yeah. and they say that's the most powerful thing. And then, and then your god turns the light off, or they're praying to frogs, and your God rains frogs on them. I'm thinking, that is definitely a sense of humor, because, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, it was hilarious. So yes, I, I believe that, that God has a sense of humor. He there's, so there's one, does. There's one, there's one thing that I, um, I just recently learned, I think I lived by it, or I tried to live by it, but somebody put it together. We were camping, and this uh, friend of mine, Ed, says, you know, whenever you have a decision to make, a quick decision. Just ask yourself, is it from God or is it from Satan? And, and that really hit me. I thought, you know, sometimes we plan to do stuff. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, does God really want me to do this right now? Or does Satan want me to do that? Mm. It, it brings stuff into perspective. I love that as a little rule. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. No, I, I think it's a great rule. And I think even back to, I think it came out in the 70s and I don't have one on my wrist, but I do often think about the bracelets, WWJD, and really thinking through, what would Jesus do? 
Like, what voice am I listening to right now? Is this really the voice of God? Is it something that's in line with God's Word and Scripture? And really processing that through is really, really important for us to, again, take these steps to experience this godly life that the Lord wants for us. He wants this beautiful life that's full of joy, full of peace and hope and love, and to be filled with Him throughout our days, to have this robust life that is just every day when we go to sleep, we put our head on that pillow, we say, you know what? Today was a good day. Today was a good day. And you are a good man, and I appreciate you being on the show today. We need to wrap things up now. Sure. Uh, just want to let them know, I think you told me, tell them, your Instagram, are you 7foot2doc? Is that your yeah, Instagram handle? Okay, perfect. Yeah, if they want to see pictures of me, I mean, you can, you can find me on the website worldstallestchiropractor.com. Oh, I word. love it. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, it's descriptive, right? <laughs> I love and the it. the Instagram is just 7 foot 2 doc. <laughs> spelled out in the numbers. So, yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thanks for being my guest today. Thanks so much for listening to The Forum Show, a time that is committed to having these conversations that matter most. You can find me at marklucasradio.com. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Take care.